This morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 2. And what I think is perhaps the most slightly misunderstood story when it comes to the Christmas story. The most slightly misrepresented part of this whole entire thing. We always like to think of our three wise men showing up there at Bethlehem in our little nativity scene. And that's not quite how it happens. But we do see something wonderful about all of this here in Matthew chapter 2. We'll start reading there in verse 1 where it says... <coughs> Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And now Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Before we go any further, I ask you to join me in prayer. God, we thank you that we see here in this story these men who came from such a far off and a pagan country because they recognized that they needed to go find this one who was born king of the Jews. They recognized their need to see him. And dropped everything to go and do just that so that they could come and bow down and worship him. We pray this morning that you give me the words that need to be spoken. That you'd help us to take the message this morning, to apply it in our lives, that we would live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. We pray for those around us who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We pray that you would give us a burden to share the gospel with them, that you would give us the opportunities to tell others about Jesus Christ as we go about our daily lives. We pray that 
You'd be with the many on our prayer list that you'd meet those needs in accordance with your will and help us to understand your will as you do so. We pray that this time of year that you would help us to keep our minds on what this time of year is truly about. So many get sidetracked by Christmas trees and lights and Santa Claus and all of those things, but we know what this time of year is about. It's about our Savior. It's about the Messiah, this one who was born King of the Jews. And that's what we ought to be celebrating. We pray this morning that you help us when we leave here today to take not just what we see here, but all the things that we see throughout your word and to apply them in our lives, that we would live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. That you would just help us to turn from anything that is hindering us from doing your will and to follow you more closely. We ask these things in Jesus' name because we love him. Amen. You know, I've always been amused at almost every nativity scene you can buy in the store. You notice when you go to buy a nativity scene, you will find in that set, almost consistently, or even in pictures that you see drawn of a nativity, you find three wise men right there at the manger. There's a lot of little details that they probably get wrong. Most of the mangers you buy looked kind of like a barn, whereas they probably had a manger that was carved out in a cave with a little trough carved into the rocks. There's other little details like that, but one of the ones that always bugged me was this notion of three wise men. You'll notice in the passage we just read, you never see a number of wise men. It also tells us they came from the east to Jerusalem. And when they got there, it says, when they were coming to the house, these wise men didn't make it that first Christmas night. These wise men saw the star and traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles. <coughs> and by the time Herod realizes that, hey, they're not coming back to tell me where to find him. The scripture tells us that he killed the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. In other words, it took so long for them to get there, stop by, see Herod, go see the child Jesus, and then Herod to realize that they're not coming back. That Well, he's probably about two by now or getting close to it. I better kill all the children under two. So this took a good bit of time. As a matter of fact, some will probably tell you when we put out our nativity scene, I leave the wise men in the box. I've never put them out. It always bugged me. And I refused to put those wise men out <coughs> because they weren't there at the manger. But regardless of all that, 
We learn a lot from the wise men, don't we? These men who came from a foreign country worshipped foreign gods, but they realized they needed to come looking for this child. They needed to come and bow down before him. We see a couple of things in our passage this morning. The first thing we see is that wise men seek the Savior, don't they? Notice it tells us when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, it says, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. I love the way that we translate this word as wise men. The word there is magi. This is the word from where we get the English word magic. These men were pagan men. These men worshipped other gods. But I think it's so fitting that we're describing them as wise men. Because look at what they're doing. Regardless of their background, regardless of what they've done, regardless of what their notions have been before, they are certainly wise men because they dropped everything when they saw this star and they came, it says, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now they didn't know exactly where to look, but they knew that we need to go... <coughs> Somewhere to Israel, they headed to Jerusalem, the capital city, the place where the worship of the Jewish people was centered, and approached people asking, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And we saw a star in the east. We came to worship him. Now what we do know is where these wise men came from. In that region of the world, they had years and years back had contact with the Jewish people. Now chances are, from that little bit of contact years and years ago, when the Jewish people were in captivity, as word kind of spread, these men... They may not have known all the Jewish scriptures, but they knew enough to know there was supposed to be a Messiah. And they see the star that has showed up hanging right over there over Israel. And somehow they put it all together that this means that that Messiah that the Jewish people talked about really has been born. They realize, hey, you know, I don't know about all this other stuff we've been believing, but that's got to be true. We better go check that one out. We better go worship him. Now it says when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now Herod, of course, is bothered by this because, well, he's been king over the Jewish people. At this point, he is subservient 
to Caesar, to the Roman government, but he gets to rule over Israel. And so he gathers up the chief priests, the scribes, and says, you know, where is the Christ supposed to be born? Where is the Messiah going to be born? Of course they knew, because they knew the scriptures. He gathers the chief priests and scribes. They knew what the scripture said. said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And now Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now they were familiar with what the Old Testament said. They're scribes. Their job is literally to handwrite the scriptures. And you can imagine how many times these scribes had handwritten this passage and how many times these chief priests had read this passage. Over there in Micah, chapter 5, and verse 2, where it says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. They knew that scripture. They knew that that said that's where the Messiah is going to be born. So, Herod, of course, he calls the wise men and says, you know, what time did you see this? How long have they been making this trip? And he tells them, go to Bethlehem and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now look at how God is using a man who has ulterior motives here. These men have come from miles upon miles searching for the saint. And they're within roughly 10 miles or so. They've got that close on their own and can't figure out the rest of the way. And here, they're guided by these chief priests and scribes which are bothered by the notion that what they've had for all this time is about to be overthrown. And by Herod, who's afraid that he's going to be knocked out as king. And they point him on the right direction. And so what do these men do? It says, when they had heard the king, they departed. As soon as they figured out where they were going, <coughs> they left. But not only that, it says, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So notice it wasn't just that that was guiding them. This star, it says, it went before them. It guided them. 
until he came and stood over where the young child was. Think about how God is working here. These men are seeking, and God recognizes that they're seeking, and the star literally goes before them until it stops right over this one particular house. And they recognized that this was God at work because it says when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You know, they're excited. We know we need Jesus. We know we need to find him. So we are going to follow this star and look how God is guiding us. He's not only had the king tell us just what city to go to, but now we've got the star leading us right exactly to the very house that we're going to. see that the wise men, regardless of their religion, they seek the Messiah. Like I said, these were, these were men who worshipped pagan gods. They were not Jewish men. They were not men who had originally believed in the Messiah, but they knew they needed to seek this Messiah, this King of the Jews that they were coming to worship him. They knew that there was something they needed. Now, how many times do we know there's something we need, but we just don't always know what it is? I can tell you, every time I go to the grocery store, I walk through there thinking the whole time, there's something I need to get. I may not know what it is, but I know in my mind that there's something I'm supposed to be looking for. I know. Now, if you're anything like me, most of the time you realize that about the time you walk out of the store or the time you pull up at the house and start unloading all of it. But you know there's something you're supposed to be looking for. Don't we realize spiritually there's something we're supposed to be looking for? Don't we know that there's something that we're missing if we're missing Jesus Christ? Look at these men. These men knew they were missing something. These men knew that there was something they didn't have. I said these are basically... <coughs> Men who practice all sorts of wicked sorcery, and they knew there's something we're missing. There's something we need. And they see this star, and they remember, you know, all this little bit they've heard of the Jewish stories of a Messiah being born. They, we better go see if that's what we need. We better go find out if this. Savior of the Jews is what we need. We're going to go worship him. You know, these men knew that they needed something that their religion had never offered them. They knew there was something else that they needed. They knew that their salvation wasn't found in all they were doing. So they were looking for something different. 
They were looking for the king of the Jews. You know, first of all this morning, I think we can realize that wise men seek the Savior. Like I said, I think this is so fitting that our English translations call these men wise men. Because regardless of their background, regardless of what kind of men they were, they certainly were wise men to see their need, to see that they needed the Savior. How wonderful it is that these men realized, hey, I need to find the king of the Jews. I need to go to him. Dropped everything they had. We don't know how many of them there were, but they dropped everything they had. Left all their stuff behind, packed up, went hundreds and hundreds of miles just to see a baby. <coughs> because they knew they needed this baby. They knew they needed to worship him. We can realize this morning that wise men seek the Savior. You know, just as those men were wise in their decision to seek after Jesus. Isn't there wisdom in seeking after Christ today? Wise men seek the Savior. But we see something else. Notice they don't just seek him. It tells us not only that they seek him, but that wise men worship the Savior. Look at what happened. It says they had told the folks in Jerusalem, you know, we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And so what do they do when they get there? It says when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They walk in the house. They see a baby and a mother. And what did they do? It doesn't say they asked, you know, is this the Messiah? Is this the King of the Jews? It doesn't say they came in and, you know, asked a bunch of questions. They knew when they got there because as they fell down and worshipped, they got down and bowed down before this little baby. They worshipped him by their actions. They also worshipped him by bringing him the best that they could have brought him. It says, when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now this is where we get our notion nowadays of three wise men. We just assume because there's three kinds of presents they brought. There must have been three of them. And we always picture, if you see that nativity scene, you'll notice each one of them has one of the three gifts. <coughs> it just tells us they brought three different kinds of things. doesn't tell us how many of them came. It just says they brought three things. And the three things they bring are things that he would have brought a king or a ruler or a god. 
in this day and time to bring gold and frankincense and myrrh would have been an appropriate thing if you were coming to go before a king. This also would have been an appropriate thing to bring a god. In many religions of that day and time, in their worship, these were things that they would bring before their gods. So these were gifts that were fit for kings and gifts that were fit for gods. What they're recognizing is that Christ is king. Christ is God. They're recognizing that in these gifts. Even more so significant, though. Not only that, these are gifts that even hint at where this would all end up. Some of these things were the very things used for preparing bodies to put them in the tomb. How fitting that the gifts they brought are not only fit for a king and fit for the Son of God, but they're also things that were fit to prepare one to be put in a tomb. As this child would one day be. You know, they didn't understand all that, I'm sure. They didn't have it all figured out by this point. But they had a right heart in worshiping him. And look how fitting what they brought him was. They had a right heart about it. And we see that they leave here knowing God because it tells them being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. You know, I think these wise men left different. I said, this notion, this word that we see translated as wise men indicates that they had worshipped these pagan gods, but yet it tells us they're warned of God in a dream. They'd come as people who worship some other God, but when they leave here, the one true God is telling them, don't go back the way you came. Why? Because they bowed down and worshiped Jesus Christ. They left different than they were before. What a wonderful thing that they recognized that they needed to bow down and worship this child. That was what they made this whole trip for was so they could have the privilege of saying they had bowed down before the king of the Jews, this Messiah that the Jewish people were looking for. They knew they wanted to bow down before him, and they left different than they came because of it. Now, we all understand that you would show reverence to someone who's greater than yourself. If tomorrow I was to go meet the president, regardless of what anybody might think about him, I would definitely want to be polite, to show him the proper respect. Would have done the same had I met the previous one. 
regardless of what I thought about him because I recognize that in the position that he is in, that that is a dignified position. And one that I would respond to with respect. Look at what they recognized about this child. They recognized just how worthy of their honor he was. Now remember, this is a baby. Now we don't think about bowing down before a baby. Most of the time when we think of a baby, we think about, oh, they'd be fun to hold. They're fun to, to play with until it's time to change their diaper. And then we hand it back off to somebody else. But what do they think of this baby? They recognize that he's more than just a little baby. They recognize that he is the Son of God, and they get down on their hands and knees before him, bring him the best that they could possibly bring him, and show him that they worship him. How wonderful that they recognized that this little baby was worthy of their worship. You know, this morning we see that we can show our Savior the right reverence. We ought to worship Christ. You know, it's one thing to say we seek after him, but it's a whole other thing to bow down and worship him. So many people, you know, claim that they know Jesus Christ. And I think so many fail to bow down and worship him. And I'm not just talking about going to church on Sunday either. So many fail to bow down and worship Jesus Christ, to surrender themselves to him, <coughs> and recognize that he is greater than they are. They use instead Jesus as a good luck charm. As a, oh, I believe in Jesus. I've, I've got my ticket punt. I'm going to go about the rest of my life the way I want to. But look at these men's response. They didn't just seek after him, but when they found him, they got down on their hands and knees. They brought their best to him and gave it all to him. And they left their changed. They left there different than they came. In a literal different direction. It says they departed into their own country another way. What a wonderful picture. They left so different that they didn't even go back home in the same direction that they came. <clears throat> because God got a hold of them. You know, when we bow down and worship Jesus Christ, when we fall down before him, it does make a difference, doesn't it? He points us in the way we need to go. He changes what we would have done on our own and instead sends us somewhere perhaps different than what we thought in our own minds and hearts. There's a lot of change that comes from showing Jesus Christ the proper reverence like we ought to.
truly surrendering to him like we ought to. That's what we see out of these men. They surrendered themselves to Jesus Christ. Even though at this point he's still a little baby. What a wonderful picture. You know, we see here a story that we've probably heard a hundred times. And one that we still probably, in our minds when we read it, we still think of that picture that we've grown up with all our lives. The one that, if you got your Tribune this week, was plastered right on the front of it. This picture of three men showing up to a manger that looks like a, a little rinky-dink barn. <coughs> The same night that he's born, getting there a little bit behind the shepherds. It's not quite how the story goes, but the story is so wonderful, isn't it? These men, instead, they traveled miles and miles and miles, knowing that they were lacking something. And the Savior very well could be his. Dropped everything they had, gave up all this time to seek after him. And when they get there, what do they do? Down on their hands and knees, fortune. You know, I think what we can take away from this this morning is that we can be people who seek and worship Jesus Christ. You know, if somebody doesn't know Jesus Christ, they need to be like these wise men. That's just all there is to it. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to look for him. These men, they had their own religion. They had their own notions. But they knew that wasn't enough. They were seeking the Savior. They were seeking Jesus Christ. And when they found him, we see what we ought to be doing as believers in Jesus Christ. They bowed down and worshipped him. Their lives were changed because they did not hold on to themselves. They instead put Jesus Christ first. As evidenced by their position. As evidenced by their physical actions. As evidenced by what they brought him things that would have cost them so much but yet they counted him so worth it do we do that for Jesus or instead do we seek after him and then try to use him as a good luck charm do we seek after him and think we've got our ticket punched and go on our way unchanged you know we would do well to follow the example of the wise men and be people who not only seek, but people who worship Jesus Christ the way that he ought to be worshipped because he loved us so much. He didn't just come and grow up, but he came and grew up and ultimately went on to die for our sin. And if there's anyone I want to bow down and worship, it's one who loved me that much that he gave himself for me that I might have eternal life. 
died on a cross and rose three days later so that I could know God. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful one we have to bow down and worship. Especially at this time of year. It ought to be all about.